Hello everyone and welcome to Cosmic Crit. We are a Starfinder role-playing game actual play podcast and you're now listening to the very first episode of our show. My name is Patrick and I am your game master, your podcaster, and your catastrophic disaster. Just waiting to happen. And boy oh boy do we have a treat in store for you in podcast form. On this very first episode of Cosmic Crit, uh, we get introduced to all five of our main characters we get to see a bit of them interacting with the world, and we'll explore the setting at the heart of Starfinder, Absalom Station. Before we start, I want to thank you for downloading this and giving us a listen. This podcast is free, and the only price of admission is I ask if you like what you hear, that you subscribe, or you write us a review, or tell your friends. Also, if we have done something horrendously wrong, please tell us by dropping us a line at cosmiccrit at gmail.com. This is already a long episode, so I'm not going to take up any more time here. Please enjoy episode one, entitled Space, Space Hooligans. Episode commencing in three, two, one. Episode initiated. Hi, everyone. You're excited. We're excited. The dice are excited. And we are fully locked and loaded and ready to go on this first episode of Cosmic Crit. Uh, welcome, everybody. Um, Yay! My name is Patrick. I'm your host and the game master for uh, this game that we're about to play. Uh, we are ready to play. Uh, we're warmed up. Our vocal hordes are ready. But uh, we we first got to introduce you to the crew of the USS Cosmic Crit podcast itself, your players and my co-hosts. And we're going to do that by going around our digital table. I like to pretend you guys are sitting right in front of me where my computer screens are. So to my left... Clockwise, first, in alphabetical order, is our first player, my buddy Drew. How are you doing, Drew? I'm very tired, Patrick, but I love you. So I'm here. <laughs> I've got I've got my fanciest clothes on. It's a t-shirt. I, and no one said to dress nice. Well, it's a t-shirt, and I'm not wearing pants, so. That's oh, as good. fancy as you get, so thank you very much. It's, I'm honored. Um, Drew, you look to your left. It's another good friend of ours, yours and mine. Uh, say something, Jabert. Hey, everybody, this is Bert. I'll be your, I'll be your mechanic for the next... Uh, how long is this thing going to go on for? For probably three or four episodes. Okay. At, okay. at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> before, um, before we all get in the ship and then immediately get blown up. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting directly across from me to the left of Jabert is a man that needs an introduction. Miles. Hey, Miles. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How you doing? No one knows No one knows who you are yet. That's why I need an introduction. Uh, good, good. You're, you're at like oh, the, the head of the table. I'm also at the other ooh, end of the table. Ooh, so Now I'm feeling honored. Awesome. You're in a power position, but I'm always going to lock eyes dead on with you. Excellent. Um, we, we are not doing this via I am, video. I am, so. I'm stoked to play. I am very, very excited. <clears throat> looking forward to this for a long, long time and yeah. for the foreseeable Jeez. future. Forever. Um, and then it's up to, to you, yeah. To your left now on the the right side of my table is undoubtedly going to be the breakout star of the show, Rebecca. Rebecca. Hi, it's it's great to be here. Thank you very much for gracing us with your presence. You're welcome. And then to my right and to your left, Rebecca, last but not least, is my player pal, Tyler. I'm so excited. It's just been, it's like been months of pent up waiting and now we get mm. to play. I know. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm so it, there's, and there's I'm will, a lot I'm, of pressure on to finally get into the game. And I'm willing to go on record. Starfinder, best thing to happen in 2017. That's just what it's going <laughs> to be. Not a, not a high bar, but uh, 
I'll tell That's you what. That's a super high bar. I yeah, I'm very excited about this. I'm there's tons of other games coming up this year, but this was the game for me, and now we finally get to play it. So yeah, no, if you're if you're just tuning in, uh, we did have an episode zero where you can find out more about us and what we think about the game and a little bit about who we are as players. You can listen to that, or you can skip it and come right here where you're at. And we're about to start game number one right now. <laughs> So our adventure starts in a seedy back alley corridor of Absalom Station. Condensation from old ducks above you kind of drips over your heads. And the, the area that the five of you are standing in has this mixed pungent smell of rust and sweat that is kind of pervasive in this entire series of uh, quarters. A, a series of chem lights pulsates on the wall behind you and illuminates the five of you. They're just standing in a row kind of backs to the wall. You're in various states of dishevelment. We've got torn clothing, a few black eyes, some bloody noses, cut and split lips. And uh, there's a sixth figure, a human man that's walking up and down this battered lineup. And he shakes his head. He's, he pulls out a data pad. And looking over his screen, he says, What in the pronk happened in there? Let's see here. We've got inciting a riot, looting, unlawful entry, loitering. I, I didn't even know what this one meant. I had to look it up. Hooliganism. Thank you for that one, too. Uh, we got resisting a robotic security bot. Disrespecting a robotic security bot. Destroying a robotic security bot. We got 13 counts of assault. Conspiracy to trespass. Unlawful loitering. Again, I guess. I think I said that one twice. Moving on, we've got general malfeasance. Sedition against station authority. Thought crimes. Future crimes. And including the damages to the bar, injuries to the patrons, and the broken equipment we're talking a mass bundle charge of super destruction. Oh, and let's not forget, last but not least, littering. He looks at you, the five of you also, look at one another, wondering perhaps who got nabbed for littering. An LED marquee of pink letters flashes above your heads, and it reads, A few hours earlier. <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to start with Miles, you, my friend, a couple hours earlier before before that scene happened. We open on your character walking down a dimly lit avenue of the city at the center of space, Absalom Station. So you're in the upper spike, which is kind of like the area that hangs below the station, kind of like the undercity. Okay. Um, Absalom is a massive space station, huge space station, millions of people, millions of light, different life forms, thousands of alien species. And it is the number one central hub of commerce and travel for for everywhere, for the entire galaxy. And it's what used to be Galarian, but now is just a single space station. The smell that you have here is very acidic, kind of like the astringent chemicals that they probably use like in their automatic robots that power wash, like all the bulkheads here, so things don't kind of like burn up or get painted over. And it smells very much like burnt metal and recycled air. Looking around, you see some gang members standing guard at one end of this, this street. They're listening to some Akatonian Shumka tunes. Just like some super beat heavy music from uh, the planet Akaton. And uh, walking past you, there's a few uh, Yasoki salvagers, and they've got this big old destroyed, bulky robot uh, tied up with ropes, and they're just dragging it down the street. Miles, remind us who is it that you are playing? I'm playing Raimi, the human technomancer. Raimi, technomancer? What, uh, yeah. what, what does Raimi look like? 
Uh, so Raimi uh, stands about six uh, one, olive skin, kind of disheveled, dark hair, mm. uh, green eyes. Do you need his like clothing? Yeah, I mean, well? if you if you'd like, uh, what, what's the general? Uh, uh, he's got kind of this impression. He's got a, a a he's got second skin armor, and above that, he has a a sleeveless mm. vest of kind of all of his technomancer gear and mm. little pockets and stuff, kind of for trouble i guess (laughs) um he's got knee-high boots with a little bit of knee pad armor on it and just typical uh slacks cool i guess under words any identifying marks on him yes uh on his right bicep he has a grinder symbol which is a, a triangle of three different kinds of gears Cool. All turning. Oh, so you and know he's a cool guy. He's got a tattoo. And he has a scar mm-hmm. on his left eye that's often obscured by a pair of goggles that he wears. Ah, cool. Is there anything you want to add about him? Like where he's from, kind of what he's doing, who who he is? We, we got he's a technomancer. What else what else is uh, there to know about Raimi? Uh, so, so right now, what you really need to know about him is that he's kind of a low-key character. He's a information broker. He trades in secrets. He tends to kind of get himself involved in vigilantism, ten, mostly involving with authoritarian governments and stuff like that, trying to yeah fight the system. Justice. Exactly, he fights the system, but mostly just unfair systems. Right, right. Uh, he keep, does not let his origin those good ones become known very frequently. Uh, he's not a big sharer, and so tends to be a little guarded to people he doesn't know or to people he doesn't trust, which is most people. So if uh, you want to know more about him, you can read on the Cosmic Crib website his <laughs> background story. Oh, we got all kinds of fun goodies on there <laughs> and more stuff to be released. But it's, it's cool, like here, here in the description, I, I've got a mental picture of him as well. And it, it's, you know, it's vibrant. It's like three dimensional because it's like tied to your voice as well. So th- this is kind of cool because this is like the first time really that it's been brought to life in a in a conversation we've like texted about Raimi and we've like written yeah, we've stuff, been talking about this character for several months yeah yeah but now he, he's ready I'm not are you ready Miles to ready. make yeah. our first role of the game which yeah. is going to be obviously the most important skill forever and ever can you make me a perception check perception yes. a wisdom Ooh based just a nine <laughs> uh yeah so wisdom based <laughs> skill i'm just gonna try and go through rules like as we go but for a skill based roll i'm gonna set a, a difficulty you have to hit and you roll 20 side die and add your bonuses for whatever it says on the perception for miles you've rolled a five on a d20 so not a great start uh, but you have a plus four which is actually pretty good for first level character so that that's a nine and this is actually going to be an opposed check, so I've got to do some rolling as well. I've rolled a 10, so right did. off the bat. Of course you did. Probably, probably <laughs> not going to be great. Um, so yeah, you continue just kind of like walking down the corridor, and you're completely ignorant that someone kind of steps out of a side street and starts creeping up behind you. Uh, and eventually a hand reaches out and just kind of uh, pulls you on the shoulder, like jacks jacks up your vest and, and pulls you backwards towards them and as I don't know, if you if you start to raise fists against him or start conjuring a magic spell, he says, Hey, hey oh there, friendo, it's me, Blex. And standing before you is a guy that you know, uh Blex Forbin, a, a hired gun, a fixer, and the kind of guy that um just kind of like connects people uh on Absalom Station. Um doesn't really do a ton of work himself. Puts puts people together though. You've known Raimi's known 
Flex for like three years, and you might have gotten some various jobs and contracts through him. He he he's kind of similar looking to you. He's a he's human. He's got some silvery hair and, and maybe some greenish yellow eyes that shows uh, he might have some like elven ancestry somewhere distantly in the past. So he's got like a maybe a teeny point to his ears. Dresses and um, station wear just to blend in. And he says, uh, I've, I've been looking for you. Got the, uh, the the specs from that broad at the Starfinder Society. They're they're looking uh, for someone to put together a team. Got a mission lined up. Sounds big, so first name I gave her was yours. <sighs> Blex, I've told you again and again, I'm not looking for freelance Starfinder work right now. They are in a bind, and they are paying really well, Frando. Real well. Define really well. I mean, this is a good line on some hard credits, and I know, I know, you don't typically uh, work with other people, you you, you work alone, but uh, if you get this job done, then they're going to give you more Starfinder work, maybe you get to branch out on your own. But listen, I, I've got some other names picked out here, take a look at these four, you tell me what you think, uh, see if we can trust them, see if we can we can all work together. Alright, let me see, what do you get, what have you got? Let's give it to me. Yeah, so he like, uh, beams over to your computer from his data pad, a little missive, and it's got some preloaded files on it, and, and thumbing through them, you know, there's like some faces and, and names. Uh, I, I, look, I just take a look at these, but head on down in the meantime, and uh, just meet up with them. There's, you know, the HUD bar down uh, south side of the ring? I told them to meet you there. Wait, you already gathered them? Yeah, this is a time-sensitive thing. You want the big bucks, you've got <sighs> to, you know, put a little let out. Starts tomorrow morning, so. All right, I just... It's the last time, Lex. I'm not. I'm not doing me. I mean, one of these freelance jobs. I mean, you're not doing me a favor. I'm doing you the favor. You think my cutback is that big? You're gonna be getting the big bucks. You're gonna be getting those connections with the faction big heads over at the society. Save your pitch work for someone else. You, I know you. You know me. This is. We don't need to do this. I'll. I'll go. All right. That's that's what I like to hear. The Ramy ready to make some some hard creds. Uh, Miles, can you make me a culture check? Very, very easy one. DC 10. See if you can recall some information about this bar that he mentioned. Hood bar. Okay. Now, do you have anything in culture? Uh, I don't think so. D20. Yeah, plus three. So it's eight. <laughs> you wrote the same <laughs> Classic. Okay, so uh, with an eight, you're, you're actually not sure. I mean, this station's a big place and you've traveled through here. But, you know, when he says, yeah, yeah just meet him at the hood bar, you're, you kind of come up blank. So this culture skill, it can allow you to recall information about history, laws, government, people, general locale, and the, the culture around you. But it you know, just came up short on this one piece of information so So what i'll do is i just kind of poke at my wrist and say hey wick which is the name of my personalized computer Mm -hmm. i'm wick hello hey can you give me the location of a bar called the hud blex kind of like uh snorts under his breath he says (laughs) hud bar you know down south side lower tier lot 840 look i'll send you uh i'll send wick your computer the info but i thought you knew this station better than i did forgot uh you're an (laughs) off-worlder yeah you got me there uh, so he he beams you the information, gives you like the finger guns, like pew pew pew, uh, as he as he walks away, and yeah, he leaves you with the the data files on your your computer. Wicks, you know, like sorting them out so you can see them one by one and kind of like swipe right through them. 
as you're reading them and, and walking in that direction, a transport ship hums by preparing for docking maneuvers. And that's where we're going to move on to our next player, Rebecca. We're doing this all kinds of crazy order. First, first Miles, now Rebecca. Rebecca, right. we're headed your way. And there is the massive screeching of metal as a ship comes into port, uh, connecting with the loading dock and it's these huge metal clamps that like secures itself to the deck. The sound almost every single time this happens is so loud. It can echo through the corridors of the arms of Absalom Station for thousands of feet. It's no different this time. This large passenger ship unloads and there is a flurry of movement. Automatic robot workers boot up and human and dwarven uh, stevedores, the fabled arm dockers, kind of like spring into action. But this transport vessel is currently out of Castroville and written in neon blue tiles along the side of it is the name the Gnosis. As all the travels start to pour out of this transport ship, you see there's creatures of all shapes and sizes from, from different systems and exotic planets. And they join just kind of like a, a mass exodus from tons of other docking bays walking along this main concourse. But uh, stepping right now from the umbilical tube behind these hosts of families and, and businessmen uh, is a young Lashunta woman. Uh, with a small orb of blue flame over her shoulder. Rebecca, who is this that you are playing tonight? This is Alendra Vallis. Alendra Vallis. And she is indeed Lashunta. Ka yes. Karasha Lashunta, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's correct. Cool race and the Karasha. Right, so Lashunta, are e they they choose rather, like, when their children are, are trained to either be Demaya or... Brasha Karasha. <laughs> yeah, Karasha. Um, yeah, so the um, her mother was actually Karasha too, and her father mm. was Demaya. But uh, Karasha mm. tend to be strong and warrior-like, um, where the Demaya are more diplomatic. And yeah, get a little bit of dad and mom, I imagine, yep. with your class, which is Solarian. Mm -hmm. Can Can you tell us a little bit about maybe what you know or Lindra knows about Solarians? <laughs> she knows very little. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she she's a big astronomy fan. Um, has been apprenticing under a renowned astrophysicist on a distant planet and experienced a very strange phenomenon um, in which she seemed to have taken on these, these powers and she um, gleaned from her research, her very limited amount of research on this distant planet mm. just because of lack of resources, but um, she gleaned that it was associated with the Solarians and the powers that they exhibited. And now she has this moat. So um, she she must have these Solarian powers, but um, she really wants to learn more. Um, she really has very limited knowledge at the moment. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking about this, but I mean, if, if your character was afraid of the dark, you've got a nightlight forever. I know. It's <laughs> awesome. Mean, she glows. Yeah. She glows. Um, speak, speaking of what she looks like, what, what does she look like? What, what does she look like stepping off of a probably a, uh, a day or so trip from, from Castroville here to Absalom Station? Yeah, so she's she's a medium-sized Lashinta. I mean, she's mm. on the on the shorter side, I guess. Um, but she stands tall. She's young and excited um, to be uh, stepping out into a new world. She's been kind of cooped up on this distant planet for so long she's she's really excited to get out there again she's young she's about 22 in absalom station years i guess that would be 44 in mm -hmm. castroville but uh she's got long blonde hair that she ties back in in braids 
and uh, she she wears sort of explorer gear. I mean, as an astronomy student, she's all about the comfort. She has a star map that she keeps with her all the time. That's a treasured family heir- heirloom. And she also has a tattoo of one of her favorite made-up constellations. That was one of her things when she was a child is she would make up constellations. She's All right, super well, obsessed with the stars. Confirmed two cool characters because you both have his tattoos. Man. Yeah, and not only tattoos, but they're both in the shape of a triangle because mine are three stars. Oh, boy. Um, you, got, you guys oh, did not nice. confirm with one another. <laughs> only one, one of you is going to have a, a change into a trapezoid right, or right, right. a square something. Um, um, rhombus. Oh, yeah. and... Oh, an important physical description for her is okay. that she has um, heterochromia, so she has one green eye and one violet eye, which is rather unusual for Lashinta since they, they really value symmetry. So it's it's sort of unusual that she um, has different colored eyes. Uh, something in the water on Castroville, I guess. Yeah, or something in these weird powers that came up. but mm, Or um, that alien planet she was born on. Who knows where it comes from? <laughs> so many mysteries. A little bit. <laughs> column A, column B, maybe uh, a dash of column C. So you're here on Absalom Station because you've got you know a lead on some Starfinder Society contracts. But you're also here to visit your master, Pasalar, uh, who, who you apprenticed with for uh, uh probably a year or so. Mm-hmm. So as you're uh, just stepping off, kind of getting your bearings, two Abadar core security robots walk along the metal gangway, stand sentinel kind of near you. As soon as you walk by, you see one has written in neon orange paint graffiti that says robot pronk head with an arrow pointing to the security robot's like head. And uh, it comes up to you and it says, please move along traveler. Keep the docks clear. Please move along traveler. Okay, so what, Linda what will keep do? walking. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a hard fight for you. <laughs> Please move along, traveler. Exterminate. Yeah. So as as you're kind of like backing away from them, there's like this high pitched squealing sound, and right behind you, a couple of of the armed dockers start shouting something, and you can just barely sense that as you turn and you see one of these robotic haulers tumble over. I need you for your first skill check to make an acrobatics check. Pretty hard one, too. Not gonna lie. Oh, DC gosh. 15. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm Acrobatics. <laughs> it's a skill. It measures how your speed, your swiftness. Oh! oh, oh yeah. I rolled a 20. 20. Uh, natural no. 20. It don't matter. First roll. First what roll of Cosmic... Is. <laughs> yeah, this is this is why I said the sure to be breakout star of the show. <laughs> not even that important. Disgusting. Her first oh, roll. 20. That was all I had for you. So I guess there's some other. I'm, I'm counting on that being the only one. twenty for a while. <laughs> oh yeah, boy. Uh, yeah, so uh, this thing uh, drops a ton of crates in front of you, and you just jump back like a cat and land, you know, perfectly unharmed. And like the dock workers are staring at you, like, "Oh, th- oh, thank goodness! Oh, you could have been pinned under there for a while." <laughs> was the dock worker seventy five years old? <laughs> <laughs> the door, no, the dwarf is probably like, <laughs> "Oh, oh, okay, okay. I, my apologies." Oh boy, just... thank goodness you didn't get pinned under all those boxes. Yeah, um, that was really lucky. I'm a dwarf. I better get out of here. Wait, no, did you want to hear my story? Oh, yeah, sure. Tell me all about it. I'm a dwarven stevedore. I've worked here for my entire life. Oh. 
That please don't please don't ask me any more questions. You're safe. Go I am. Live, go live a long life. Thank I've you wasted, for your concern. I've wasted mine. Goodbye. Goodbye. Damon asked his name. How dare you? Have no respect for your Did your he die? Master. <laughs> well, he literally, I mean, he literally said, "Don't ask me any more questions." <laughs> yeah, no, that was him playing hard to hard to. Well, GM. nice to meet you. I'm gonna go die now. All right, so. <laughs> Uh, you, you likewise, Alindra, have the location of this bar called the Hood Bar, where not only were you told to meet up for this Starfinder gig, but also made arrangements to meet, I guess, Master Pasalar there as well. Can you give me also a culture check, uh, DC 10, to see if you can recall information about where it is? Yeah, I've got a plus one in addition to my seven, so that gives me an eight. Okay, so unfortunately, you were looking at like a map as soon as you got to the station and like the area that's around the eye of the station, this huge like, biodome. Uh, so that you have to like backtrack and you have to log into the infosphere to like get your bearings. So it's pretty late by the time that you get to the hood and you walk up. It's a it's a very dark bar like built into the side of an old bulkhead of the station. It at one point might have been very prominent but now it's just kind of a a derelict part of of the station itself but yeah before you this small small hole in the wall only has three letters kind of denoting it as anything (laughs) besides a bulkhead and it's lit up behind corrugated metal burnt with a plasma cutter and it reads hud the hud bar and as you step inside we travel down to our next player uh several levels from the the ring down to the spike the lower section of absalong station we're going to you jabert coming to you next sir uh how's it going jabert it's good it's good this scene starts in the vacuum of space or at least pretty well adjacent to the vacuum of space and uh what you see floating in in the silence in zero gravity is a blue skin palish white eyes naked as the day they came into this world android jabert your character is floating outside the artificial gravity well of the station and tethered only by this small filament kind of like tied around your your waist back into a dry dock. And yeah, so you're out there getting some rest, getting like the only only time unless you fall asleep. Complete silence to, to dream and, and think of things you might have never seen before. Tell us a little bit about who it is you're playing. Who is this, sure, Andis? Sure, so this is Andis. Andis is a, uh, an android of indeterminate origin, and they spend their time as a mechanic here on Absalom Station, and they've been doing it for about 14 years now. Mm, it's they, a pretty long time. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been, a, it's pretty, a pretty good run. It's, he, they they do okay. They do okay with with business. It's a little slow. Yeah. So imagine you, you've got you has a pretty small dry dock compared to the the rest of the ones in in this neighborhood. You you you're in the Sparks. That you know, there's like bigger ones. There's there's more professionally built ones, and you can't really handle anything like over a medium sized ship. You know. Sure. Right now it's just Andis and and their um Yosoki Ward uh, Nazumi. And Andis has been training Nazumi for the last seven years, and and uh, and he's coming along. He's coming along nicely. I think that's Andis a serious apprenticeship. That, uh, yeah, yeah. Andis thinks that soon he'll be able to 
take over the the business and maybe <laughs> maybe Nazim you'll be able to make something of himself. Um yeah, so I, I gave a, a brief description, but what does what does Andis normally look like? Sure, as so an Android. Sure, so as an Android, he's uh, or uh, they're built with sort of a sleek figure. The skin has kind of a kind of a pale bluish hue to it and there are a bunch of kind of like like circuit lines that kind of like run like down the body and like down out to like the, the extremities and kind of carry like impulse and such and this is a bit of an older model you know yeah. they're 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 more um kind of plate like at this point and um and and there's a lot more like kind of metal happening than you see on a lot of the newer models of androids a little more angular than uh, like some yeah. can almost blend completely in with humans what they they look like but um sure. yeah de- depending on where the android is you know what like birthing factory they come from they could you know have very distinct uh, differences between them you might mm-hmm. you might come up with one that's you know, completely flesh colored. You might come up with some that are very, very blue or crazy other colors. Right. And just doesn't know how they got like that, how they ended up, you know, looking this way. Um, they, they would assume that they were just manufactured in a, in a cheap facility. From a situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a- as you're floating out there in, in space, a, a small reminder in your lower brain, your, your exocortex begins to hum an alarm. And as you open your eyes, you see this star field ahead of you and um, uh, what's known as the Armada, this vast blanket of ships that kind of swarms around Absalom Station. Little lights kind of glinting in in the sun. But yeah, you have a a meeting at this bar uh, and you need to be on your way. So to get back to the station, pretty important athletics check to start to reel yourself back into the dry dock. Uh, Athletics is, you know... Just what it sounds like, you know, you're able to use strength to kind of get things done, move your body. All right. Don't know what what you're, ooh, not bad. So you've rolled a 16 and you have a a plus four bonus. Is that right? That's correct. That's pretty, pretty darn good for for what you needed. So you really only got to give yourself like a few tugs and you can, you know, speed yourself up by going hand over hand along this, uh, this filament, this rope. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're back to the the dry docks door and, and your safety back inside and dressed within just a few minutes but yeah back inside the the doors open up and as you get back into the station proper you're greeted with just like screeches and rumbles and shouts and the station makes these groaning noises every once in a while as it's kind of shifting and bending itself and this is the place that you've called home for many years epsilon station that's the one Sweet home. So you've, you know, you're able in your brain just to figure out how long it takes you to walk almost anywhere in in the in the station, and you know where where you're going, the HUD bar for this uh, Starfinder Society contract. But yeah, so you you head out walking along the uh, the streets first of your neighborhood, the Sparks. And you walk past tons of workers streaming past you that work in the in in the dry docks. A lot of them like you, you know, android engineers prized for their ability to just like you did work in a vacuum and uh, not suffer any like crazy ill effects. It's handy. And they're they're constantly servicing and scrapping ships. Jabert, as Andis is walking and, and you're like kind of looking off to these these other androids walking past you, uh, to your side, a hand reaches out from behind a support column set against the interior wall of the station, and a robed figure grabs you, just kind of like grabs you by the the scruff of like your overalls or your station suit. Yeah, my my flight suit. He says, uh, "Please, have you any currency, any creds you can spare?" I'm going to sense motive. 
guy. Oh man, you foresaw what I was going to ask for. <laughs> uh, since motive, it was only a DC 12. See if you could figure out what's happening here. You've rolled an eight, probably not going to make it, but you have a plus six in sense motive, which is, I don't want to say great for an Android. You're, you've been around humans and non-Androids for so long, kind of can tell if you're being cheated or lied to and, mm-hmm. uh, or if you just have a bad hunch about something. So yeah, yeah, and yeah. Andis is Andis is relatively skeeved out by people. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so the the, the figure kind of can tell this as well, and he lets go of you. Uh, he doesn't. I mean, you you pass this uh, sense of object. He doesn't seem like a beggar. The the robe looks pretty well kept. The the human hand that grasped at you is maybe a little dirty, but you know, healthy looking compared to some of the the downtrodden here on Absalon Station. So uh, yeah, he 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 doesn't look like a beggar to you. Andis, Andis turns to face face him and says, What's your game here? I, I'm collecting for the church. Curious. Why do you touch me? Why, why do we touch anyone in our lives? So when the day comes when we stand before the transformation and we pray to the gods that we are not gone from this world, we hope those we have touched are alongside of us. I see. And will I be alongside you? Most definitely. Wonderful. And I turn around and walk away. So no credits. Okay, got it. <laughs> Go with the gods while they still keep you in their good graces. Not listening. <laughs> uh, so, the, the, I mean, pretty much the rest of the way to the Hadar is... <laughs> You you've timed it out there and like get there exactly at the like 9 p.m. time or whatever you you've set and yeah you enter into the bar that the HUD and you're met with this cozy den of aliens and hired thugs and you see a bunch of dock workers people down from the spike off hours head scanners and, and adventurers kind of some common folk and they're all mingling together uh, having a smoke a atmo maybe eating some nutrient paste and washing it down with all manner of Intoxicants. Mm. This is the HUD bar. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like Indus has been here, you know, once or twice. Uh, I mean, yeah, not, for fourteen years. There's, you know, maybe a, a few hundred bars in the entire station, and uh, you, you can probably hit them both. <laughs> you know, in, in your wild years on, on Absalon Station, you did that right. that two hundred bar bar crawl. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> got got that got that fort save ready. Okay, um, that, that that first night on Absalom. Ooh boy. Watch out. So as you walk inside, the ceiling here is just a blanket. It's this huge, massive cloud, this haze of acrid smoke that's like somewhere between burning electricity and very sweet pipe smoke. So uh, plumes of vapor are just coming out of like all corners of the bar and this heavy atmosphere kind of mingles up there into this greenish gray cloud. <laughs> um, so yeah, half the bar is taken up by these very large canisters and you know that they're full of liquidized atmosphere from other potent exotic gas planets yeah uh you can see they're like glass bottles mm-hmm. and uh, they're in crystalline form inside there is this kind of like a like an oxygen bar or something it's it's a little bit of everything you can get you can drink you can get some food you can get some atmo but uh it it really is kind of a caters to all all types but yeah all, all men are aliens attached to these things via breathing apparatus Inside the bar, we're going to switch views again. Now, past the, the haze of acrid smoke, towards the back, we see another player and another character. Tyler, we're going on to you, sir. Ooh. Long time, no chat. Uh, you are in the back of the HUD bar as, as we step inside. 
where we, you go past the bar tender on the left as you walk in. This woman with a, an augmented arm who's slinging toxicants. In the back where you are, there's a huge commotion. A massive group has formed a circle around one of the tables in the back. And in the center of the group is this large male Vesk uh, standing in armor that is arm wrestling a broken down security robot. Um <laughs> The bot is already near half destroyed. It only has uh, like one arm remaining, <laughs> the other having met some violent end. And it's just saying over and over, please move along, traveler. Please, please, please. <laughs> and yeah, people are like making side bets and there's a dwarf who's like, well, I got five credits says ear space lizard's gonna rip the other arm out for you. A human behind him is like, well, I'm only gonna pay if he does it in a fell swoop. The, the mechanation in this thing is already near destroyed, so it's not if he's gonna tear the arm off. He's a giant space lizard. He's gonna te- he's gonna tear the arm off, but, uh, you know, how fast he's gonna do it. I'll, I'll put some money on that. Yeah, so this group is taking all kinds of bets, sir, on how fast... The vest can complete the task. And uh, right behind him, a, a female with uh, a little bit of orcish blood and her maybe pale tint to her green skin slaps you on the soldier and says, Say, stranger, we didn't catch your name, Vesk man. Tyler, who is it that you're playing? I'm playing Edris Veronis. Mm, Edris Veronis. Yeah. Uh, what what's uh, what's Edris look like? Yeah, I, I was really excited. I really wanted to play a Vesk ever since they were announced. Mm. So Edris is a Vesk male. He's big for a Vesk male. Um, he's seven feet two. Ooh, he's Kobe. decked out. He's decked out. Yeah. He's and he weighs equally. He weighs three hundred and seventy-five pounds. He's decked oh, in boy. full, mm. full, full heavy armor. Mm. Uh, just big old. Uh, but you know, and it looks. It's not. It's not the prettiest of armor. You know, it almost looks like it's been kind of put back together many times over the years. Very well worn. Just kind of plates and and straps and stuff. He's got a big. He's got a sash. He's got a big sash. Big old sash. Yeah, that's what they big call old, it. Big old pirate sash that goes around his waist and part of it trails off down his leg. Uh, his scales, his, the scales on his body, yeah, the typical kind of green with maybe like a bluish tint, but his, but his head... His head scales are are reddish and goldish hue, especially towards the top of his head. Ooh. So yeah, and then he's got he's got a, he's got a, his tail is green and blue, but he's the tip of his tail is is missing, and it's been it's been replaced by kind of a pointed metal cap uh, that he had put on there after he lost it. Uh, cool, cool. I think you said pirate sash in there. How many eye yeah. patches does he have? Five, five eye patches, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you didn't know, Vesk have twenty eyes, so he's got twenty. <laughs> eye patches well, you, know, you can't you, just, you can't see it all you can have five eye patches on one <laughs> just just stacked up just in case the others in case oh, no, one of them fail off. <laughs> yeah. any eye oh, patches gosh. yes or no i need an answer no no eye patches he's mm. got two very functional eyes i'm gonna have to do something about that let's get this game going yep. so i can start stacking eyes out <laughs> yeah oh but i i forgot to mention on on the like the center part of his armor he's got his he's got a he's got a special mark which is a skull with like the rays of a sun coming out of them. So that's fun. That's what, he, that's, what that's, that's pretty much what he looks like. Skulls are fun. So yeah, as they they set you up to to arm wrestle this hacked and and, and attacked security droid, uh, which is like you know just a torso, head, and the single arm left. Uh, <laughs> where it used to have its like shoulder gun, it, it's like twitching like a phantom limb, just like trying to like shoot you over and over. But uh, yeah, it uh, it just can't. Uh, make a a strength check. Now this is. Just just uh, your strength without any skills kind of added to it. Oh, no. 
there's the other natural one. That's me. And Tyler's first roll is a natural one. Natural one, which is pretty. That's pretty much par for the course. So yeah, I I can't wait to play more of this game. (laughs) We got Tyler. Tyler plays role playing games like people play golf. Uh, The lower the number. (laughs) (laughs) I I I don't understand. Is that not right? I mean, was the best rule I could possibly have a natural one, right? He's just out there attacking everybody with uh, like a carrot, <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> throwing rotten fruit at them. <laughs> Minimum damage. Uh, yeah, so you're able to tear its arm off, but by the time you do, the better part of a minute has passed, and like you go shrunk, and the the security robot's arm does fall off. But like our like the crowd is already dispersed for the most part, and you're only left with a few of them kind of drinking and talking around you, and this half-orc woman uh, to console you. And she says, Ah, you're really good at uh, wrestling. How well, are you are, uh, drinking? And- well, I would have liked to rip this thing's arm off a little bit faster, so uh, since I couldn't do that, I think a drink would be very appropriate. Uh, she pours you one and then pours you five more. And <laughs> she's... Uh, 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 the crowd begins to reassemble around you and says, first one to cough like a little gnome baby buys the booze. <laughs> Never challenge a lizard to a drinking match. Uh, so these are going to be opposed fortitude saves. And the first one to fail one, your your body's just taking so much physical damage uh, to its health and vitality oh, yeah. from these fortitude saves. Yeah, you, you, are, you, know, you cough up Don't a little worry. bit of... Alcohol. So you go ahead and, and roll a four tooth, and I'm going to. All right, all right. First roll. Let's let's let's, let's uh. Let's hope, let's hope I got the one out of the way. I've rolled a 19. Uh, so let's see. Uh, I rolled a 12. Okay. So you're you're fine on the first one. She's fine on the first one. She she drinks it. Her head doesn't tilt. She just brings the the glass up to her lips and without like blinking, <laughs> tosses it down. Uh, do one more for me. <laughs> oh, it's a challenge doing, then. She's doing pretty well. Oh, uh, I got an 18. Yeah, I've got a 17. She she keeps pace, you keep pace, keep on going. Ooh, now this ooh. is real fun. She takes another uh, swig. Uh, 13. Ooh, on this one, uh, you cough just slightly uh, as the Dwarven <laughs> Heavy Kim liquor <laughs> begins to burn the, the lining of your throat sack, you know, that uh, best cap. Mm. And the crowd cheers for the, the orc maiden, and she says, tabs on this one. <laughs> ah, what a good challenge. Well done. This stuff is strong, though. <sighs> there is a lot of commotion going on in the back of the bar. The rest of it's kind of, you can hear people relaxing. Uh, you know, some people just come here to, you know, blow a scene, people that live on the station. Uh, Drew, we're moving on to you. And your character hears this commotion in the back, but you're already like halfway through the middle of this conversation when we, we meet your character. So we see a small Yusoki man talking on, on the side of the bar near the, the counter, the woman serving drinks. She hands a, a beverage with her cybernetic arm, kind of like without looking to uh, a group of aliens to your side. And you're talking to just crazy looking alien. What, Drew, why don't you remind us who you playing yourself? So I am playing Nax Sizrak, a an Isoki an Isoki envoy uh, who is uh, an Isoki. If, if you're not familiar, a rat man. I am uh, yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a, a rat based humanoid guy. Uh, uh, what what's what's Nax Sizrak looking like? Uh, he has gray fur, and you'll know him by his long black coat. But of course, that covers up some more ornate clothing underneath. 
He just likes mm. to blend in to the background if he can for most of the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so anything special you like people know about Knack or people would know just by spending a few minutes with him? You know, a wise man once said that money can't buy happiness and all that glitters isn't gold. But Knack would say that money can buy things that make you happy and that <laughs> guy never saw platinum <laughs> it's better than gold it costs more than gold <laughs> so good um yeah yeah so when when we meet your character you knack are speaking to a contemplative uh which is basically a psychic floating brain with a little baby body <laughs> trailing underneath it it psychically floats in the air and talks to you like through your brain and to you as an envoy they are always really hard to to lie to They're, they make hard marks but you are already halfway in a conversation selling this contemplative on buying some property on the starboard side of the station that if you go to the address it is is just a trash compactor <laughs> that's the only thing that could possibly be there uh so so when we meet knack uh a, a massive brain turns around at the bar and says, I do not know, Mr. Small Sentient Fur Creature. This deal sounds too good to be truthful. This is him like speaking directly into your brain. Uh, I'd like to, to sense motive to see if uh, they have any sort of psychic connection to me right now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. You, so th these things are from Akaton and you've seen them on the station and other places before. Uh, you can kind of tell if you're being mind probed or if, if they're detecting your thoughts, which is like a, a lower level one. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't, you rolled an eight, you still don't think so you, you'd be able to miss I'd, it. I'd like to use my expertise die on this mm -hmm. to add t a sad two to this roll to see if oh, that... Oh, to, to your sense motive, right, because you're yes. an envoy. Uh, so when you want to get a little extra English on the ball, you can roll a d6 and add it to a couple of skill checks, right? Yeah, I just uh, sense motive and uh, culture right now, hmm. so... Okay, well, that, that, that's all long ago. Yeah, you don't... He, he's just, like, beaming into your brain. He's not taking stuff from it. Okay. But, yeah, you're trying to convince him by this property really just for fun uh why don't you make me a bluff roll as uh the this contemplative is also going to make a sense motive roll to kind of oppose your bluff to to he's trying to tell how you know if you're telling a lie or you're obfuscating facts that's what bluff does is you're you're trying to sell them on something that really doesn't exist so for my role i've rolled a seven for his sense motive roll a d20 and then add whatever your bonus is hey, what's your, that's a good one what's your bluff bonus so we've rolled a 16 <laughs> plus seven oh. for your ooh, bluff bonus okay so doing some quick mental math 23 will beat uh <laughs> probably whatever i've gotten which is actually a 10 a 7 plus 3 so what do you what do you say to him to to get him on the line here and the paint color is blue which i know you love I do like blue. How do you how do you know that? Can you read minds too? Sometimes these psychic powers they go both ways, but you I just feel like we have some sort of connection when it comes to mm. business. Yes, that sounds fair, but as a precaution, I would like to enter into a mutually agreed brain scan with you. I do it to all people that sell me things. 
Let's see if a simple scan reveals anything. Do, 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 do. He's into your brain. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the scan noise. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, no, they have to say it too. So next, yeah, oh, now he okay. is indeed doing uh, Detect Thoughts, a kind of at-will ability that uh, these massive floating brains have. I need you to make me a will save, which is going to be pretty high. Pretty high DC 15 to avoid being brain scanned. I don't know. I, th- I guess you, you make it. You're just thinking about baseball the entire time. Can, can I use a stealth check to uh, attempt to hide certain parts of my thoughts? Uh, <laughs> you're stealthing your brain away. <laughs> that is definitely not how stealth works. But That's the will save, level. the will save will will tell us if you're you're able to do that. So so roll a d20 and add your will. I just I would I do like the idea of Nack just like stealthily letting his brain go out his ear and then just like, roll across <laughs> the ground. <laughs> okay, so you've rolled a twelve oh. and you have a plus three in will. Is that right? Uh yeah. All you needed to beat this it was DC fifteen. You have rolled a twelve plus three fifteen. So. Yeah, he's he's probing around, and you're just like, don't think about trash compactors. Don't think about trash compactors. Oh boy! And uh, he, you know, he gets done. He's like, do do do. Okay, I'm done. I cannot wait to purchase this property. I will have the papers drawn up and the credits wired to you tomorrow. Oh goody! I cannot wait. Do do do. do. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, he uh, finishes his drink. I, I'm pretty sure they do have him out because they can't talk. He just like bends down and takes a little sip. And then uh, kind of floats away. Says, bye. Have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. Awesome. So we get to meet all you guys. We're going back to the beginning-ish with Rebecca. We, we Not the beginning, but pretty darn close. Rebecca, Alindra, has arrived at the HUD bar. And you, you walk inside and you see all this crazy happenings uh, going on. Strange creatures breathing the atmosphere and CD deals uh, and, and more space aliens than you've probably seen in your entire life all in, in one or different species and stuff. And there, it looks like maybe a drinking match is going on. <laughs> but uh, who you do not see is the uh, the Master Postelar. You know, you, you, he's a pretty old guy. You would stand out. Do you, what do you want to do? Do you want to ask around? Or? Yeah, I'd like to go up to the bartender and, and see if they've seen him. I think sure. he's pretty famous, so they, they ought to know who he is. Well, yeah, no, he's like, he's he's a pretty old guy, and he's, I don't know, he's famous if you, you're into theoretical astrophysicists. Well, he's, he's famous to Alindra. Yeah. Other people don't <laughs> like astrophysicists. Oh, boy, you can't hear how hard I'm, I'm pushing my glasses up on the, the bridge of my nose right now, but I'm doing it real hard. <laughs> She's... He's famous too, Alindra. Please make a diplomacy check. Let's try and get some info out of the bartender. All right. Diplomacy, um, all... yeah, you're trying to make friends. Now, yeah. you've rolled an 11. What is your bonus? A uh, seven. Oh, geez, Louise. I've I picked some crazy skill checks here at the beginning. So this is a DC 15. But uh, yeah, you, you go up and talk to her. And uh, this female human bartender says, uh, Alixir is the name. Elixirs are the game. How can I legally poison you this evening? So, um. I'd really just like to know where my friend is. Um, his name is Power. Oh yeah, Pastelar. Uh, the the old scientist comes in here. Oh, uh, she reaches on the bar and uh, pulls out an, an envelope. Uh, he, he said he couldn't be here, but he sent uh, this along and, and said a friend would come looking for it. So yeah, she hands you the envelope. It's got your name on it. And inside is a note with his address. The bartender also pours you a drink and hands it over to you and says, the old uh, coot uh, said to buy you a drink as soon as you got here. It's your first time on Absalom Station. Welcome. (laughs) 
Thank you. That's very sweet. Um, can I tip her a, a credit? Uh, yeah, you like wave your credit stick in front of a little cutout figure that looks like her on the the bar. That's a a credit stick reader and goes. Thanks for the tip. Big spender, one credit tip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this works. Okay. Make sure you deduct that from your sheet. That's it's important. I did. I totally just did. Good. Did you just watch me? We are <laughs> good. Good. That one. We are on the up and up here. It's coming in. It's coming into full story effect later, guys. You're gonna be short that one credit. <laughs> Universe ants. Oh, that wasn't that good a service anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, as you're turning around, with uh, you walk smack into a dwarf, and you, you don't hit him, but he jumps back, and his hands are shaking a bit. He looks like an old miner, and he spills his beverage all over himself. He goes, ah, what do you, what do, you do? Oh, I'm very sorry. Um, I, I grab for some napkins off the bar. Ah, you intent adult. Watch where you're going. I, he, I apologize. He, he, he looks upset. He looks pretty upset, but he wipes his face, and he... He takes a drink out of your hands and kind of just tops himself off. <laughs> Drinking two different intoxicants he doesn't care. He just mixes them together. But uh, this this gets the attention of this uh, this guy in the, towards the, the front of the bar. He says, pretty loud, loud enough for a lot of people in earshot to hear. He said, should round up a lot of them and ship them all back to where they came from, I say. It's a, a pretty weak-chinned human dude walks over and on his shirt he's got uh, an insignia of a red fist. Uh, and anyone uh, in the, in the the main bar here, uh, all of you guys, if you'd like, can give me a culture check to see if you know what this oh, red fist all about. Yeah. So we got a, a 15, 18 from Nack. No, no. Keep in mind, Nack also Ooh, has has a any culture check uh, that is of the underworld yeah, Lin- is minus Alindra, five. Alindra's is actually a sixteen. Mine, I think mine's a thirteen. I think most everybody except the old Vesk, who uh, might not be so familiar with the packed world. Uh, everybody else, you, you've heard of this before happened on the station. Uh, you recall the information these guys and a few of his friends in the back are, are rabble rousers and they all have the same shirt on. Uh, they call themselves the SAM, uh, the Strong Absalon Movement, and they're a bunch of refugee races, the you know races that make up the majority of Absalon's population uh, from the long gone Galerion. And they think that the old races should have more rights and freedoms on the station than out-of-stationers or off-worlders like you guys. Uh, so another one comes up and says, Looky what we got here, boys. This Lashunta thinks she can come into a stationer bar and start throwing drinks on old dumb minor dwarves. Hey, I, I really didn't throw it on him. I, I, I turned around and he ran into me. I, I, I really I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. Well, even if you didn't mean to... We don't like your kind here. We got all kinds of problems with Lashuntas in this bar. And then we got this overgrown stink lizard in the back. Uh, he points at you, Edris, and it gets your attention. Like, he wants he wants you to know he called you a stink lizard. <laughs> uh, he, points, right. he points at Andis, who's just minding his own business, didn't do anything. He says, and your damn clackers over here taking all the good engineer jobs. Well, you uh, certainly Ed- have one. If you were any good at it. Bro, <laughs> 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 uh, 24. Diplomacy <laughs> check. <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty good. 18. Uh, 17. <laughs> his, his weak chin giblets uh, jostle. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Uh, but someone else points out, it's like, yeah, and we got this little weasel walking around, uh, stealing probably all kinds of stuff. You know, they're all they're all thieves and and, and liars. He waves his finger in your direction, knack, right at you. I'm rolling a I'm I'm rolling a uh, an intimidate check. Ooh, what do you Ooh. say to him? Why don't you come over here and say that? Another one says, "Well, that sounds about the best thing you could have possibly said." I say it's uh, about time we took out the garbage. Who's with me? whole bunch of the red fist shirt guys start yelling but the entire rest of the bar all the all the other people that are just there to drink they all stand tensely there's clawed hands that grip tightly to the back of chairs and and fists start clenching underneath tables and people like their hands move to their guns and stuff in their pockets you got knuckles the flesh over the knuckles nearly white as phosphor uh, as as the tension mounts and everyone it just it wants to start the fight, but they want not to be the one to throw the first punch. If that person gets dogpiled, I, I do. I do a stealth. I, I do a Edris. stealth check. <laughs> You're under That's the table. Edris would stand up and be like, "Let's have a fist fight!" <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, Ramy, we're back to you. Uh, you're, yeah, you're am walking... I in the bar? <laughs> no, no, you're nowhere. Okay. Yeah, no, you're walking uh, <laughs> up to the bar right now, and you've reviewed all the the data on these people that you're supposed to be meeting up with. As as you step inside, there's liquid atmosphere spilling out the door, <laughs> subliming into this noxious green gas at your feet, and a huge number of fistfights have already broken out all over the bar. And you see all four of your contacts here in a pitched battle. Uh, Alindra in the back is dodging punches from a small halfling smoking a knee pipe. And he's he's like going at her ankles with some vicious kicks. Uh, Edris seems to be fighting, maybe? Uh, fighting off the advances of a large half-orc woman who's maybe both trying to mate and or kill him at the same time. <laughs> that that sounds about right. The small knack is drifting in and out of combat, hitting people in their soft spots, you know, because he's right there at groin level <laughs> uh, on most medium creatures, at least. I have to and say uh, in character that you, you hit what you can hit. <laughs> you get what you can reach, exactly. You go where the fists go. Andis, uh, a half-orc man, has got you in a headlock and is trying to cut off your air supply. And he's been doing it for like a minute and, and getting nowhere. And he's starting to tire himself out. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, why don't you go down? It doesn't work. It doesn't, no. Bold strategy. Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> Raimi, uh, you're, you're struck with something that you know in particular about this bar, even though you've never been here before. A lot of people come to the bar probably without ever knowing what HUD stands for, H-U-D. Some people might think it's a reference to the, the readout in a spacer's helmet, the, the heads-up display. And uh, there's a whole group of people that think it's the initials of the original who founded it way before the gap started. So it's probably hundreds of years old. And all that was lost uh, to memory. And, and the name, likewise, has probably been forgotten too. But you know what HUD really stands for. It's short for an old battle cry that the, the Pact World soldiers used to say before they went into a fight with the, the Vesk or, or Swarm. And it's a mantra that you repeat to yourself now if you want to join in on this fight. HUD stands for Heroes Until Death. Aww. What do you do? What do you do, Remy? Uh, I look at this ragtag group of people that I'm being thrown in with. I see that everyone's involved in a fist fight. I see that there's a table next to me that has a unmanned drink. I grab it, I sip, and lean against the wall. <laughs> right above your head on the wall is an electric sign that advertises Blitzer Beer Drink. And it flickers for a moment as you kind of rest your back against it. And then in large green letters, it reads, 
a few hours later. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back where we started in that dark alley. Uh, and you guys are beat up to Helen back. Uh, Raimi, you, you escape pretty much unmolested. Uh, Alindra's face, though, is covered in this, like, gray dirt, this like, goop, and she's all disheveled. Knack, your fur is ruffled completely. Um, like, it's all, like, in different directions. Edris is covered in the blood of his enemies, and maybe orc lipstick. And all the lines on Andis's body are pulsating blue as nanites or something works to heal him internally. But yeah, the, the man that stands before you, Raimi knows, this is Blex Forbin, Underworld Fixer Galore, and, and he gives Raimi a knowing glance as he continues to, to read off this list of of crimes and, and the offenses that you go so committed. Uh, and, but it's a very serious manner. He says, littering, really littering, guys. I mean, it's it's up to us to keep this station clean. Please clean up after yourself. And he, he hands it to Alindra, uh, a little piece of paper. And this is the one that's got the, the Master Pusselar's address on it. It's up to us to keep the station clean. Liter- literally, <laughs> littering is the worst thing anyone can do. He, he gives you a sour look, Alindra. It- I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but was uh, that, so was that silence out of shame? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, that, was, that was that was, that was shame silence. We can't hear shame, believe it or not. <laughs> but uh, Blake looks over the five of you, and he's still he's still shaking his head and you know like clicking his teeth, like, and he looks over back at you, Rami, and says. Oh, Rami, I mean, I'm really disappointed in you. Uh, this is the team that you wanted, the team that you put together. Wanted? Put together? Those are two things that were the opposite of how I felt about this. Oh, boy. Roll with the punches there, Rami. The record for unlawful charges in a single bar fight on Absalon Station, you know, is 172, and you didn't even manage to get a quarter of that many. You guys must all be rusty or something. Well... He did say roll with the punches and let the record show I threw not a one. Ah, that's all your style though, isn't it? <laughs> uh, the smile, you know, spreads across his face. He slaps Rami on the back. He says, I took care of station security and told him how uh, them gaping mouth strong Absalom jerks started the fight. And they all got thrown in jail faster than an overclocked drift drive. <laughs> oh, everyone, <laughs> everyone looks at Andes and his creepy laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I uh, thought it was unique. And then I, I whispered uh, to Blacks. I was like, is this really the team that you're sitting with? Oh, like, yeah. No, they're, they're really starved uh, for, for new members. They'll take anybody right now. He uh, he says, looks like you're all ready for your Starfinder commission. Maybe get a good night's rest. Report back in the morning at Dock 94, and you're going to be meeting up with your venture liaison, and he'll get you hooked up with a job. Plenty of work to be had for crews like yours. What knows how to throw or take a punch? We're going real quickly into a little epilogue uh, for your characters as we close down here. Uh, Raimi, um, you're back. Uh, you're looking at this personal data uh, on your computer in the back of uh, another intoxicant bar, one that's much quieter than the hood. And you've got a large booth to yourself and going through these dossiers of uh, Alindra, Nack, Andis, and Edris. Uh, you've mixed into the dossiers given to you by Blex, maybe some hacked files you've like pulled all kinds of records and licenses that are in these people's names looking over these four what what, what do you think about them well edris i know from from way back yeah you've worked with them but do you do you trust them completely i don't trust anyone completely mm. not anymore but 
Edris is someone I've worked with. I know is good at what he does. He's good in a fight. Um, and I've, I've also just trying to been keeping a little bit a little bit lower profile recently. But work is hard, and this is this is like a uh, yeah. Like uh, said, good I've, credits. I've come across Snack before. Um, not enough to say that I I, I know him, uh, mm. but I know of him, and I've had uh, I've used Andis before as far as a mechanic goes. Uh, Alindra is the only person that I I have never met. Complete question mark. Yeah, but I mean, you don't really know too too much about any of these figures, and you're unable to get like documents on everyone past ten years or so. There, there's some really crazy stuff uh, in in doing your searches that you're not able to pull up, which is which is interesting. Yeah. What what? Um, so this is definitely the largest team that you've worked with, and, and definitely one of the most uncertain partnerships. As we leave uh, uh, Raimi here on Absalom, he closes out his, uh, you know, his hacked records and finishes drink. What's what's he thinking about? Uh, right now, he's thinking of how this team is ever going to work together. Andis, uh, while while you're walking back to, I don't know, I, I guess you'd stay in like a capsule room, you know, a hotel that's all just coffin-sized beds that are rented out for for I don't know, either travelers staying a very short while or androids that don't really need space. Yeah, they just don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they're just like, oh, this is where I keep my single toothbrush, and that's it. <laughs> um, and, and you've got some time to reflect on your your new teammates. Uh, what what do you think about this people you uh, you just met? Well, they all seem fine. I like that they. I like that they didn't put up with bullies. Um, yeah, I, that's kind of a strong word. It was more like had a fist fight with. Well, you know, you punch you punch Nazis when you meet. You know, <laughs> you don't meet a Nazi every day. When you do, when they're yeah, when they're Sam strong thugs, Absalom movement members, yep. Samers, Sammies, I guess. Oh, are, are they oh, called wait. Samers or just Sams? I'm making that up, Sam's. Uh, no, but Sam's. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Any, 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 yeah, I mean, any thoughts I mean, in particular about any of them stood out uh, to you? Neck seemed scrappy. Um, yeah. um, Alindra held uh, held her own in fight. Idris was impressive. Um, and and just, I don't think noticed Raimi in the back of in the back of the bar, mm. and only only saw him. Once we were all outside. So as you're walking, you pass by on the other side of the street, uh, three men uh, across the corridor, and they're in black robes, uh, very much like the man that you met earlier. Um, it's very dark in, in this street down in the spike, and it's pretty much empty because it's, uh, it's past midnight. It's empty except for, for you and them. And they see that you see them, and they they just stare in your direction. After maybe a few moments, they kind of retreat backwards into a, a darkened alleyway, uh, and you hear the the sound of a metallic automatic door shutting, metal locks clicking in the place. Well, there's all sorts. There's all sorts <laughs> on the station, and that's why I keep a baton in my my wrist slot. So. <laughs> You know what the the old saying goes. That's why I keep a baton in the slot. Grass tastes bad. You know what my grandma used to always say. <laughs> yeah, no. As, as you you walk away, maybe think about who are those uh, people? Do they want to fight? Elsewhere, a robed figure watches a bank of computer monitors, and they're all keyed into the street outside. And a few of them are focused on Andis. Andis one four seven. Uh, and you stand there for a while before you begin to walk away. Uh, one of the robe figures leans in closer, and an augmented hand reaches out 
from the thick folds of the robed arms and, and touches the screen and metallic finger lightly taps on the, the crystal in there until you walk out of view. Knack! Down another street in the ring, a a very tired Knack Sizrak, still drunk with the fight, the thrill of the action, uh, is uh, is heading back to your hotel. Uh, you, you spy a credit station alone on the opposite side of the street. It's empty. Uh, and you saunter on up to it and take from uh, one of your secret jacket pockets inside your, your inside breast of your leather jacket a very heavy credit stick that looks to be plated in, in platinum and precious stones. What do you do with it? I, I put it in and, and load up some of the uh, the credits for the credit stick into my account. So yeah, you like wave it in front of the reader. You have to like do some some quick tapping of information. Uh, the screen goes green and, and black for a second. Normally it'd be like a, a normal credit window. It's like, yeah, deposit, you know, withdrawal. Uh, but now it's much more complicated. It looks like it's a different operating system. And this one has at the heading in another language, uh, not uncommon. In the account readout section, there's a different name and there's a number in in the, in the amount there that uh, is a very large number. And there's a lot of zeros trailing behind it. As you as you start to transfer money, yeah, the, the screen flickers for a moment. Whenever you press the transfer button, it kind of like freezes and goes... Uh, the account seems to be inaccessible. And then after a few tries, in bright red letters, the words uh, flash across the screen, you know, and a, and a voice says, Assets detained. General Order 2814 of the Order. The Pact Alliance Credit Authority. Please stand back or lethal force will be administered. Pronk me. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you do step away from it, I hope. Next, next, next <laughs> gone forever. What's Nack thinking about as, as we uh, step away from him? Uh, well, this is going to complicate things a little bit for my my setup. guess I'm going to have to go back and see what that whole gathering was all about. Edris, on the way back uh, to your rented flop house in the Arms Docker District, two human men step out of a dark corridor. They brandish small shivs against you, and they look pretty malnourished and sickly. And they're like, "Give us your money, Green Scale." Yeah, whatever, whatever credits you have on you, we'll take whatever credits. <laughs> Edris would just look at. Do you really think that your little shivs have any chance against me, Edris uh, Veronis? They, they look at each other and they're like, yeah. And they, they try and stab you and your armor very easily absorbs a blow and the blades just snap in half. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? He, he just kind of looks at him. I'll try to warn you. Uh, so you're, no. you're, you're, you're tired from the earlier fight maybe, but uh, you have rested up. Maybe you used to resolve and, and got your, your stamina back. Do you want to fight these guys? <laughs> no, I'm just going to, I think I would just intimidate them and I would just say, get out of here. Yeah, so they're they're already alarmed by your prowess. So they fall backward and like knock into each other, Keystone Cop style, <laughs> kind of scrambling away, knocking over a recycling bin and sending it sprawling as they go. Um, yeah, and you look around. And there's no one else anywhere near you, and so you just kind of keep on walking. But about 500 feet down the block, there's a cloaked figure that watches this whole interchange uh, through the scope of a rifle. You see. The, the crosshair kind of uh, levied between you and these uh, these two guys. And it's a Sheeran with a, a blackish-green chitinous armor, and he's wearing some technological goggles, and his cloak blends him into the background until he moves slightly forward and lifts the goggles up. 
And he says, Yes, he is on the move. Unharmed. I, mo mostly unharmed. I, many things to report. We'll send details at 0100. Sykesal out. Alindra, traveling to the address on the paper, you the, the automated doors open up as you put your palm onto them and you head up to the 17th floor and into Pasaloa's apartment. And as you walk in, a video message begins to play uh, on a wall. It's a vid of Master Pasalar himself. He's probably well over 100 years old, so very old for a human man. Uh, and, and this vid says, uh, If you're here and I'm not, then please make yourself at home. Feel free to charge any food or beverages to the home's account, and I'm sure I'll be home soon. The vid turns off. So, wandering around the apartment, you see uh, the, the food in the cooling unit looks like it's gone off. Maybe he's not been here in some time. Uh, the plants are all, all well-watered, but it um, doesn't seem like they've been cared for. There's like a, a little bit of dust built up on them. Uh, it's a very nice apartment. Very, very nice. He's got like uh, a very expensive-looking guest bedroom. Uh, and you're all dusted up from this fight, and you've got this gray goop on your face. Do you wash up? Before you mess up the professor's nice bedspread. Yes, I was. I, I was going to say I go and take a shower or whatever I do. And yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I take a space shower. <laughs> space shower. Uh, well, I mean, first you could just like you look at yourself in the mirror and the, and the turn on the faucet's water and it's it's filtrated. It's beautifully, nicely heated, and it makes scrubbing away all that dirt really easy. And you begin to feel amazing, uh, clean for the first time since you left Castroville days before. Outside in the hallway, a security camera um, peers from the hall into the bathroom, and it catches the back of your head and a portion of the, the mirror that stands before you. As you bend down to wash your face, the, the camera watches as your reflection in the mirror remains standing still. At first, it stares straight ahead, and then... It bends its neck down and peers at you. Alindra, while the warm water washes over you, the steam rises, fogging the mirror slightly, obscuring this image. But your reflection face grimaces, and the eyes slowly turn pitch black, like a storm cloud rolling across its irises. And its hands rise up to meet its face, jerking alien movements. Its fingers crawl like little serpents over your skin's reflection. The fog in the mirror begins to encircle this image and creates a frame. The camera can still see it. Your reflection's fingers find an eyelid, then a nostril, finally the lower lip, gape mouth. And with a mind all their own, they all begin to pull in different directions at the flesh, gently at first, but with greater vigor as the skin begins to slowly tear apart rips begin to the reflection looks like it's screaming though all anyone hears is the rushing water of the tap the steam envelops this horrible visage in the mirror as you turn the faucet off and dry your face on a nice clean towel but something's written rebecca in the steam on the mirror do you see what it says uh do i yeah it's three words if you squint you can see them okay it reads to be continued. <gasps> oh, boo. Oh, dang it. We're going long, so I had to wrap it up right then and there. That does it for this episode of Cosmic Crits. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We're going to see Thanks you next everybody. week.
Oh my gosh. What a steamy ending. Oh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, that was creepy. That's our that's our sign off forever and ever. <laughs> Another what a steamy ending. ending. Oh. Uh say goodnight, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. You've been listening to Cosmic Crit, a Starfinder role-playing game actual play podcast. If you like what you hear and want to know more, find us online at CosmicCrit.com, where you can see our character sheets, read their backstories, and check out all of our art. Follow us online at Cosmic Crit on the Twitter and the Instagram, or send us an email, uh, a question, a comment, or a critique at CosmicCrit at gmail.com. Our theme music is Epic Song by the band Alpha Brutal. You can find them online at alphabrutal.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, may all your crits be cosmic crits. Cosmic crit.